Are you an aspiring creative in entertainment, business, fashion, design, or the arts? Do you want to elevate your creative passion project to the next level? Then this show is for you. Whether you want a career in television, film, radio, literature, music, or beyond, Creative Breakthrough will show you how to take your dreams and turn them into reality. This show will not only leave you feeling motivated and inspired, but also provide you real-life tools to pursue the creative journey you have always wanted. I'm your host, creative coach, and chicken wing lover, Shireen Kassab, a.k.a. The Funny Brown Girl. Yes, I have an unhealthy obsession with chicken wings. Now, get ready to flex your creative muscle. Have you ever met a celebrity and they turn out to be the most genuine, down-to-earth person ever? And when they speak to you, you feel like you've known them forever, like they're your best friend? Well, that's how I felt when I was interviewing Shantae Wayans. Shantae Wayans is a comedian, writer, and actress who proudly represents the new generation of Wayans' legacy, making its mark in Hollywood. She was last seen in the film Fifty Shades of Black. As a comedian, she has toured nationally, wowing audiences with her unique brand of comedy, featuring for comedic veterans such as Cat Williams, Russell Peters, and her uncles, Marlon, Sean, and Damon Wayans. Her comedic talent led her to become a featured cast member on MTV's hit sketch comedy series, Nick Cannon Presents Wild and Out. Currently, you can see Shantae featuring on True TV's Laugh Tracks. So what are we waiting for? Let's get started. Welcome to the guest chair, Shantae. Hey, thank you for having me. Girl, no I problem. I, when, I saw, when I saw you performing a few weeks ago, I was like, my God, your set was so honest and genuine. I was like, I need to have you on this podcast. Oh, no, that means so much. You came up to me and I, I truly appreciate that. Uh, I hate when people are afraid to, to come up to me. Stupid. Well, no, well, you're like, I mean, it was, I was a little intimidated. I was like, oh my God, like, how do I, she doesn't even know me. And I'm about to be like, yo, can you come on my podcast? <laughs> ah, well, no, people just got to have stuff to do. I mean, like stuff to really like, you know, what is your, what is your intentions behind something? You know, because anybody just comes up to you and goes, I want to do this. And that, and that's one of the first things I ask. Like if somebody asks a follower or anything, it's like, what are you what are you doing with yourself? Because I don't want to just see your face in a, you know, in a picture, like not even a good picture. You just take <laughs> take a close up pictures and don't even know what you're doing. It's like, you know, uh, but but I, I like what you're doing. This is this is dope. Awesome. Well, I'm glad that I was able to convince you. <laughs> ah! <laughs> no, I love it. So one question I always like to start with um when I start talking to a guest is talk, talk to us a little bit about how and when your creative journey started. Ah, as a fetus. This, <laughs> no, um, no, it always goes there. Right. You know, it's funny. I really wasn't, I was like a, a computer geek kind of growing up. And when I moved out to California at, at 20, uh, 1920, I, I worked on uh, scary movie too. Uh, it was my uncle's movie, but I, I got into like the post department, which is like editing and stuff like that. So I was still kind of in that uh, field. However, when I, you know, being around it, being around the business, you know, having the type of family that I had, because it's always some type of creative force going on, even when we were growing up. Um, so once I got to California, I, I, I just started 
being in those positions. So when, you know, one day I went to a comedy club, I say the story a lot, so it's like, but I, I went to a comedy club and I saw my cousin perform um, and I went home and I wrote like two jokes down, like I, I meaning I couldn't sleep. And I, I wrote these two jokes out and I went and I did an open mic and they asked me to come back for the later show. And that's what kind of set me off to, wow. to do that. Yeah. So like growing up, you were never, you were never thinking, I want to be in front of the camera. Or I want to be on stage. It was mostly, I want to be backstage doing the post-production. It wasn't even wanting to be, I didn't, I didn't really care for the industry because I, I saw the rise of my family. So I saw how people were. I saw like, you know, I, I remember being at a funeral one time and this chick coming and asking for, to take a picture, you know, and it's like, Damn. you right. You don't even have like your privacy is crazy, crazy after you, you know, you get on TV. So especially back in those days, I think, because it was so, you know, everybody wasn't a celebrity now, like how it's becoming. Um, but yeah, I. I I was into computers. I was like really into that stuff. Um, and I really didn't like this, this type of world. But once I moved out here, it just kind of like, it felt like it was in me. And I, and I was a really, I was an introvert. I was shy. I wasn't, you know, I was like kind of doubting myself on a lot of things. And so for me to hit that stage and be able to have a voice with nobody can kind of shut down that, you know, shut down your voice was like the most amazing feeling for me. Yeah, I feel like that's one of the biggest reasons a lot of, uh, especially women of color, do comedy. It's having that voice, having that ability to talk, tell their story. And you really do tell your story. I mean, you're very open and honest um, about being black, being lesbian, your story. So why do you feel why do you feel like you you need to be so honest on stage or even through social media? Um, I well, there there's. You know, there, there's so many things with suicide and, and people, you know, especially with like how, you know, people can hide behind these computers and, and just say so much mean stuff. And, you know, people act like they're hard and tough and stuff like that. But it's like, for me, you know, just like a lot of humans, I think I think when you talk about it, you know, and, and if you have people that's following you and they like you uh, or they're fans, if you want to call them, whatever, whatever that is, these are, these, some of these people generally look to you for answers, you know what I mean? Which is, which is why, like when so many people, even if it's a mistake they made or they didn't mean to say it like that, it, it strikes the world so hard because people are actually listening to every word you say. So f- from, from, you know, I don't want to, I never wanted to like kill myself, but I've been in that moment. I've felt depression. I've, I've been an alcoholic. I've, you know, I've been into religion, but you know, I like women and and I've struggled with, you know, really, you know, should I go back? You know, I tried to date a guy again. Like I've been in all those things that people don't talk about or, or feel ashamed to talk about. And it's nothing to be ashamed of. So if I could, say something to strike somebody's, you know, mind or help a parent that's dealing with somebody just coming out. Um, you know, I, I would, I want to be that helping hand and, and we should all be open to that. That's one of the best things about Richard Pryor. Um, I mean, he did a lot of crazy stuff, but he was open and vulnerable and people, it was hard for people to judge him or talk about him because he already talked about himself. 
Yeah, that's that's very true. So how when like when did you find your voice doing comedy? When did you realize like this is what you wanted to go on stage and talk about? Um, I mean, I've been in it for like 14 years. So I, to be honest, I don't think I really became a comedian until like four or five years ago. Um, and, and just owning what I was talking about and where I want to go with it. So I just want to take a quick step back because in case people, um, aren't, don't know who you are, you are one of the way in second or third generation, right? You're second, you're, yeah, second. Yeah, second. you're the yeah. niece of the 10, the 10 way in. So the five brothers yeah. and sisters, um, how do you address the haters who say that you kind of were just were born into it and didn't have to struggle to get to where you are? I mean, there's, you know, at this point, there's nothing you could say to people, you know what I mean? People are going to think what they think. Um, I've honestly like the way I've addressed it is if you've had the, if I've had the opportunity or if we both had the opportunity to be in each other's presence and we had a conversation or even hung out for a minute, you know, all the things that people are talking about will probably go away. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of private in a sense where I don't, you know, I'm not in the comedy clubs every day. I'm not trying to be in people's faces. I'm not trying to see, you know, what click I can join with. You know, it's like, how do I build uh, a sanity space for myself and whoever uh, could come in here and, and and bring that same energy? Let's rock out. And if, if it's anything that don't feel right, you know, you got to go. So th- those are just your opinions. I can't, I- I've struggled with that my whole life. And now I'm just like, what am I going to do? Yeah, exactly. So how do you, how are you, like, how do you step out of that shadow? How are you working on just being your own person? Um, well, to be honest, I actually just like, uh, I'm, you know, no longer torn with them uh, to try to build that path for myself. Um, you know, and it's really just about, like I said, uh, speaking about what I talk about and, and trying to produce stuff and projects that, that, can show my talent. You know what I mean? Because that's really all it is. They're going to come though. And the haters are going to be, they're going to be blocked out. Oh yeah. You're always going to have haters. Do you ever feel like it's a, it's a hindrance kind of like when you go on auditions, people expect, expect something from you just because you are a weigh-ins? Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, with with stand up in the beginning, it was like that, you know, we, we would have to, uh, I remember my uncle Damon taking us on tour and, you know, we only had like two jokes um, and them, you know, going, Hey, you ain't funny or you ain't a way, you know, whatever case it be. But, you know, then you go into the auditions and, you know, that's one of the first things they ask, like, Oh, you're related. I used to work with your uncle. Or, so it's more so it's just pressure. You know, when you go do shows and you're introduced by your, your family's credits, it's all just like extra pressure. Like, why can't I just be me? Mm-hmm. And you judge me on that. Yeah. Did you ever think of using a fake name like Damon Jr. did? No, because it didn't even work for him. <laughs> That's true. I, you know what? I actually used to go by New York. That was so corny. <laughs> I think I did that for like two, three years. Oh, yeah. On stage, they'd introduce you as like, let's hear it for New York. Yeah, it was like the corniest <laughs> thing. That's funny. I've never heard that before. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. But people still were like, no, we know who she is. Well, more so Damon, because, you know, Damon looked just like his dad. Yeah, he and does. So, you know, it was like, 
if I wasn't around my cousin, then it was different. But if the word got around quick, so people knew, like, you know, I was getting booked for spots when I didn't have much material, um, but they would have me on the billboard, like on a big poster. Uh, and I was only doing five minutes. I was like, I don't even know if this is going to be funny. That's funny. It's like, uh, it's like Richard Pryor's son tried that too. And it did not work for him. <laughs> no, nah, you can't there. Well, because yo people, you can't go on stage being somebody else, right? Like the impression and stuff was great. People want to know about you. And that that's why like the storytelling for me is is it works for the most part because you're learning something about me. You know what I mean? Even if it's elaborated or if it's, you know, if it was silly, like there's some truth in there. So Mm. I, I think I think because people are so intrigued by his father, they just want to know what he's like and what it's like to have that dad. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, like you said earlier, it's all about it's all about being yourself on stage and being honest with the audience. Um, and I, I, you mentioned something. You had mentioned like you you had dealt with alcohol, and you talk about it on stage. What do you feel like that um, that pressure to drink came from comedy, or and how did you go about quitting? Because you now you're sober, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think it's just the pressure of of uh, you know not not knowing you and not being whole with yourself. And I say that because, you know, it was, it was comedy, it was the pressure of comedy, it was my, you know, living as a shadow under my family. It was, you know, childhood stuff. Um, but it, a lot of it is just about, you know, being shut down and and feeling like you're alone sometimes, even in a, in a big ass family. You know what I mean? So it's like, uh, but in saying that, you know, this is my second time around being sober and the first time going into rehab, uh, you know, and then coming out and relapsing two and a half years later, it's just, just realizing that there's a lot of problems that we, uh, try to fix the easy way. And for me, rehab was easy, but it didn't solve anything for me. So the second time around uh, was different because I started working on me. Mm-hmm. And what does that look like when you say working on you? Um, you know, it's the silliest, it's the weirdest thing, but it's like being able to say no when you really don't want to do something mm-hmm. or, or when you're uncomfortable, then figuring out how to make yourself comfortable. And, uh, you know, last but not least, doing things that you enjoy doing. I've I've let go a huge circle for those three things alone. Like, people don't get that. People are like, you want to go be, you want to go what? Walk. Why? You want to go hiking? Like, you you know what I mean? You want to go to the zoo. Why do you? That's so weird. Like, yeah, I'd rather not be in a club uh, watching people shake their ass than I can't mess with one of the things you had mentioned when you talk about your when you talk about drinking and drugs and uh quitting and being sober one thing you talked about in a previous podcast was uh that you had been molested as a child um 
How did you overcome that situation and how does comedy help you kind of work through that stuff? I feel like... <laughs> Sorry, I went I mean, to a really dark place. <laughs> no, no, that's just because everybody's afraid to bring up that topic. So it's just so funny to me. Um, I, you know, I don't... As a child, I just... I felt like if I was still alive, then that meant something. And I didn't understand what that meant until I got older and just going that, you know, you you can you can really live in the past or you can be grateful for knowing that there's more to just waking up and being blessed that you woke up. It's like you have to realize that you have another chance to say to change your whole life. There's never, there's never a, a, there's never a failure, you know, that it, like it's, it's not forever. It's only a moment and, and it's only forever if you keep doing that, if you don't realize that, yo, I'm here for another reason. So I say that to say like, I've never, I've never sat in that sorrow. I never, you know, re like hated or you know, felt, I don't know, real animosity towards those people. I feel bad. And, you know, yeah, I I feel bad. And I I feel like, and and that's, that's not to say like what they did was cool or anything like that, but I, I just feel like it's a part of it. So it doesn't, it doesn't bother me as much. I can talk about it. Do you ever talk about it on stage? Um, I do. I, I, I had, uh, I had a joke on it, but I think, you know, a topic like that has to be, has to be thought out. You know what I'm saying? Like it's so, so that's also the whole molestation thing. It's like, I've had a friend walk out and was like, I wanted to hug you. And was like, why do you want to hug me? It's what I've went through. And I'm saying this so that maybe somebody else can open up and talk about it. Yeah, do you think more comics or more female comics will start talking about it now with the Me Too movement? Um, I mean, maybe. maybe. I think it definitely opened that wave, you know. But I, I think that, I think for it to be funny, it just you just have to figure out how to how to say it, how to really make it, you know, in that sense. Because really, people that is right now, people are so sensitive. Mm-hmm. So the minute you say something that could be about you, they just take it for them. And you're like, Hey, I'm living life. Why, why do I have to be angry with that? Got it. You're like me. I feel right now you you have ADHD, right? Yeah. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I can hear you like walking around and playing with stuff. And I'm like, oh, oh, I can't. I'm so sorry. It's fine. It's just, it's so funny because I feel like if I was not connected to a headphone right now into my computer, I'd be doing the same thing. But I'm just like imagining. What, I'm like, oh my god, is she doing her laundry? What is she doing? <laughs> no, I really want to go outside and smoke a cigarette. But I'm like, she heard the fucking birds. But I didn't know you can hear all this because I have like these Bluetooth headphones on, so I don't hear any of it. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Were you playing with sugar packets or jewelry? No, my like- yeah, jewelry. It's- <laughs> This is, I feel like you're watching me right now. This well, it was just so weird because when we were talking about like the dark stuff, I could hear you were like walking around. And I was like, oh, I made her uncomfortable. Oh, crap. 
No, I, I, it's me when I get up and I have to think about what I'm going to say. So mm, me walking fine. around, make, you know what I mean? Cause I, mm. I say stuff sometimes where people like one dude was like, I did this podcast and he was like, when was the first time you lost your virginity? And I was like, ah, when was I molested? Yes. <laughs> and like the whole room shut down. And so I was like, I got to watch what I say. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I just laughed at that. But I, As I just was, said it on your thing. <laughs> well, that's I know, but in it, I feel bad because I was like, I laughed, but it wasn't. Right. <laughs> no, it's hilarious. But he, the whole room just shut down. I was like, no, okay. So now I'm like, I need to. This is so funny. I feel. I want to go. I'm gonna go smoke a cigarette. That's fine. You can go. I'll listen to the birds. No, no big deal. Ah, see, I just you're like these freaking birds. I'm never talking to Shantae again. <laughs> Uh, okay, this we're is, gonna go. We'll, we'll change gears to something more light. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine. I'm having a perfect conversation. With you. you actually said something really interesting when you were speaking just now. You said like there's so many opportunities for you to make your own pave your own way right now. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because you've done a good job with like creating a brand for yourself using social media and merchandise and stuff. Like for our listeners, can you kind of give them some perspective what you mean by making your own opportunities? Well, I mean, there's, you know, you have to look at what you're interested in and what you really enjoy doing. Cause a lot of this takes, you know, it's just about being consistent. And that's why a lot of these people who may not have as much talented are winning because it's just consistency. So, you know, with the internet, you know, you're able to make your own videos. People are learning how to edit on their own and, you know, do different things. And then some things you don't even have to do. So I, I think, I say that to say, like, figuring out what is it that you do. If you like specific mops, like, this is how simple it is. Like, if you're a mop connoisseur and and you were out there, you know, trying to find the best mops and what they do as a cleaning tool, you can do something with that because there's people in the world that love cleaning supplies and love to clean or love to try new things. Like, there's it's that simple to be able to put whatever it is you want to do out there um, into the world. And knowing that, you know, with you pushing your own brand and, and the time for it to build, you can really build something that could be great or not great, but could be, it could be lucrative. You know what I'm saying? Luke. So what have been, what have been some of the best highs or memorable moments of your creative journey? Oh man. Um, you know, one of my, one of my moments of feeling low, uh, Robert Townsend, who I respect a lot. Um, I, 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 I have a lot of situations where I don't want to do something or I don't want to go out or something like that. And I do. And it's like, you were supposed to go out. Right. So one of my low moments uh, I pushed myself to go to this cafe and I saw Robert Townsend and I saw Robert Townsend at a different, at a comedy show years back. And, you know, he talked to me a little bit and said some wonderful things and I haven't seen him since then. So when I saw him, I didn't know if he would remember me. So I just like didn't talk and I chilled and, you know, I got on my computer and before he left, he came up to me and he, he just started talking to me as if, He's been chilling with me every day <laughs> and it blew, it blew my mind. 
So my my highs and my highs are a lot of things where you know it's it's like we get signs and intuitions and we don't listen to them and and they're right in your face sometimes a lot of the time and those are my highs because those are my the moments of going I'm on the right track and I'm I'm doing good and and I'll be all right I love that I love that you also were able to uh you took a low moment and turned it into a high like that's great cuz you forced yourself to do, step out of your comfort zone a little bit yeah and it, and that's that's a lot of thing that's what it's about like you can't you can be on a consistent high and not really understand it you know what i'm saying you're just living life you're not grateful you don't really get it but when you can feel like you're over everything and then be brought back to life it's like you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like the clear moment, the clear moment where somebody goes, I saw the light. Mm-hmm. So what have been some of your obstacles and challenges on your creative journey? Um, mostly just like, you know, trying to step out of the shadow and, 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 you know, having people see me for my family and me, you know, it's like, yeah, we want to help you, but how do we get your family to help us? Mm-hmm kind of thing. Um, so mostly, mostly those, uh, you know, and, and again, the fact that the way I dress and, you know, some of the stuff I talk about, you know, people, people feel like it's a risk, but I think the doors are opening up. And like I said, with, with building my fan base and stuff like that, that's opening up a whole lot of opportunities for me. When you say risk, has someone said that to you, you just weren't the right look or something? Yeah, it's 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 a uh, not not necessarily on the look, but just you know an idea or talking about you know trying to open up the LGBT world like that. They're like, ah, that's good, but because you have to understand, like, if you get on stage and somebody else did my jokes and they were straight or male, then there would be nothing. There would be no title to this person. I just feel like he talks about relationships. But for me, because it's women, I could be labeled as a gay comic. So it's like why, you know, it's like why even have to put that out there? Because then people when people hear gay comic, they they think, oh, she might be talking about dildos or he might be talking about getting, you know, screwing dudes. Like, I don't want to hear that. Yeah, which is totally the opposite of what you do. So it's interesting. Right. It's like they don't, they, they have their own perspective. Yeah. yeah as soon as you label something. Mm-hmm. So do you try to, um, do you try to please them and kind of work around it? Or do you kind of just be your own person and say that, well, this is what I'm going to do and I'll find someone else who wants to work with me? No, I mean, there's, you know, there's very few things that I'll go, oh, okay, I'll work around it. I think for the most part, Everybody has the same story that's successful. Not everybody, but most of the people, right? When you look at like the Jim Carries, uh, the Wayans, the whatever, whoever started from the bottom, now they're here. It's all about, you know, no. everybody told me no. They didn't believe me, uh, blah, blah, blah. And now I'm here and keep doing what you're doing. And really, it's that's what it is. It's in, it's in believing in yourself and using all to be able to show that brand because nobody 
you don't you don't have to uh, change. You don't you don't really have to change. You just have to be talented and you have to have something to sell. And being attractive is not always something to sell. What is your what would you say your goal is in your creative journey? Uh, you know, really to be able to open up a, a space for like, I mean, it's so cliche, but just, just, just being, being a voice to be able to, to help both straight and gay people understand each other in a, in a humorous way and to really be able to help people through whatever it is that they enjoy doing and understanding that and not doing for mm-hmm. the world. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I think especially, I mean, I'm, this sounds cliche too, but in today's political environment, I think that that's really important is understanding each other. So what advice would you have for creatives on their journey? Be you and don't be afraid to fail. Um, each time you do, you'll get better. I love that. I th- that's super important. Super important. Well, your your weigh-ins, have you ever failed? <laughs> uh, hell yeah. I mean, I fell off. But, you know, <clears throat> um, I, I, fell, I fell in different ways. But it's like, you know, my, my all my failures have been like, oh, okay, I get it now. I do this better. You become a student. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you're just constantly trying to graduate or pass that next level. But... The beauty is this, and I, this is so important to me, but um, the people that stay with you on your journey, they will understand that growth. Everybody, you know, these, these new fans and these new people that come and support you, they're coming off the hype. You're building right now to get real fans that really, that, that Bayhive, you know, you want the Bayhive yes. fans, <laughs> but ev- eventually they'll, mm-hmm. they'll all come. So, you know, you, you want them to come as you are, because when you, you know, a lot of, I think people get depressed and, you know, they put themselves in different situations once they make it, because that's never who Mm -hmm. they want it to be. So you're constantly having to live that lie. And if you can make something out of your true self, you'll be fine. Yes. I love that phrase too. Bayhive fans. Everyone wants those. Those are the best. (laughs) So let's jump right into the lightning round. Lightning round, I'm going to ask you five questions, rapid fire. Just tell me the first thing that you think of. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Uh, Be be you. you. Okay. What's your definition of success? Uh, Loving yourself. Truly knowing yourself. Who inspires you and why? Kids. Kids inspire me. Why is that? Because they... They are never, um, they don't have fear. What's a habit that's helped you on your journey? A minute a day of writing. Last question. What do you want your legacy to be? Like she did a lot for people. (laughs) Shantae, if our listeners wanted to find you online, where could they find you? (laughs) You could find me at C. Wayans. Go to my website, cwayans.com. It's tour dates and everything. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. I appreciate it. Sorry for my delays and lots of noise. Hey, before you hit pause, did you find this episode helpful and enjoyable? 
If so, could you leave an Apple podcast, aka iTunes review? It'll take you less than one minute and mean the world to me. The more ratings and reviews the show gets, the more people are able to find this podcast. If you're unsure how to leave a review, no worries. If you're on your iPhone or iPad, go to the homepage of this show and scroll down to write a review. Click on it and you'll be able to rate and review the show. If you're on a Mac from iTunes, go to the show homepage and on the top, click ratings and reviews. Also, please subscribe to get the latest episodes once they drop. If you enjoy the episode and know someone who would love it, please share. From your iPhone, click on the icon with three dots and then share via social media, email or text. If you want to hear more, head over to funnybrowngirl.com forward slash podcast. You can also find me online. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Funny Brown Girl. Also, sign up for my free newsletter for more tips to advance your creative journey at funnybrowngirl.com forward slash subscribe. And again, if you enjoyed the show, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Now, go flex your creative muscle and keep winning. Thank you for listening. See you next week.